Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy! Before I start my message, I hope XTV has it. Okay, cool. Um, I do have a little clip that I wanted to share. So uh, I'll pass the time to uh, XTV and I'll come back. Get ready, Milan, your 17 salvation is at hand. For I have been sent by your ancestors to guide you through your masquerade. Come on, if you're going to stay, you're going to work. So heed my word, goes up the arm and finds out you're a girl. The penalty is death. Who are you? Who am I? Who am I? I am the guardian of lost souls. I am the powerful, the pleasurable. The indestructible mushu. Okay. Thank you so much, XTV, uh, for, for putting up that clip. I really wanted to put that as a starter. Uh, when I was preparing my message, I just was reminded of this uh, cartoon. Uh, if you don't know this show, this cartoon, I highly recommend that you watch it. Uh, it's one of my all-time favorite childhood uh, cartoons. Uh, it's Mulan. And uh, in this little clip that we watched, is basically uh, Mushu, the, the dragon, um, coming in and trying to you know, give this grand introduction of who he is. And Mulan's like, who are you? And he's like, who am I? Who am I? Um, so, that brings me to the title of my message today. Who am I? <laughs> cool. Um, as we all know, you know, the theme for our church this year is Heaven Rules. Um, and in the beginning of the year, in January, uh, as a homes, we all did this Bible study on this theme and how we can apply it in our lives. Uh, if you weren't there, if you missed the lesson, I highly encourage you to you know, ask your homies or ask your homes leader. Um, they'll be more than happy to share the notes with you. Yeah. But just for today, as a, a quick recap, I just wanted to remind us what, uh, what it means when we say Heaven Rules. You know, in, in essence, in summary, uh, heaven rules means that um, when we choose to live under God's authority and we allow Him to reign over our lives, you know, not allowing finances to have uh, final say over our lives or not having our studies or our job have the final say over our lives. And when we choose to listen and obediently submit to God, we then see His blessings and His grace in our lives. You know, the, the, the theme um, for, for Heaven Rules, it comes from Daniel 4, Daniel chapter 4. And I'm sure most of us have read it again and again, and we're now quite familiar with the story right now. Um, and we all know that in the story, uh, once King Nebuchadnezzar, um, he recognized and submitted to God's authority. Then when he became from a, a you know, manic and, and crazy person, and he was restored back to his original position as king uh, over Babylon. Um, and if you look, even in Daniel chapter 3, uh, Daniel's three friends, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, out of their faith and obedience to God, they said no to King Nebs. I'll just call him King Nebs, okay? Too long the name. Too hard to pronounce. King Nebs. Uh, <laughs> out of their faith and obedience uh, to, to God, they chose not to bow down to um, the gold image yeah. that, that King Nebs um, constructed. Yeah. You know, so as a result, 
of their faith and their obedience, God delivered them out of that fiery furnace and they walked out without being hurt at all. There are other stories in the Bible that we see God just showing up and, and demonstrating His goodness and mercy um, to His people. You know, like we, we read the story of God parting the Red Sea. You know, it's a very f- famous, familiar um, story from the Bible where, you know, He parted the Red Sea. He allowed Moses and the Israelites to cross over um, so that the Egyptians weren't able to capture them. Um, there's also the story in the New Testament, you know, countless stories. Uh, could, one of them could be Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. All he had to do was stand at the door of the tomb and say, Lazarus, come out, and Lazarus walked out of the tomb. So you might be saying, okay, okay, these are just Bible stories, right? But where is God in my life? Where can I see these big, giant miracles in my life? Right now, I'm praying for my situation. I'm waiting for an answer, but there is none. How can I see God rule in my life? Which leads me then to my first point. Who am I? Okay, my points for today and my title, very, very simple. You will see. My first point is, who am I? And what I mean by that. Um, you know, to hear God and to see Him move in our lives, we first need to know God. And that means knowing God's identity. So it's looking in the dictionary and it says um, what it means by the word identity. It's a unique set of characteristics that can be used to identify a person as themselves and no one else. Okay? It's a unique set of characteristics that identifies a person as themselves and no one else. So who is God? What are his unique characteristics and his nature that sets him apart? You know, I'm, I'm currently reading this book. Um, I'm making very, very slow progress. Uh, it's a book called A Short History of Nearly Everything. Uh, it's, it's written by this British-American author by the name of Bill Bryson. Um, it's actually not very short. It's about 700 pages long. <laughs> yeah, and I'm only 30% of the way through, and it's taken me three months. So if you do the math, I think I'll only be able to finish by the end of the year. <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's a book about, you know, um, it's a science book, but it, it talks about the history of life on Earth. Um, but it's written by this author in such a way that he makes it interesting and not just presenting to you the facts like a textbook would do. So he's done a lot of research um, into the facts, into the details, and he's able to like, really um, describe very beautifully the vastness of the universe, how it came about, um, to the minuteness of like, atoms and subatomic particles. I think I've lost some of you already. Um, and how we as a human race you know, discovered things like geology, chemistry, physics, gravity. I think Sean is excited. Um, I see you. <laughs> physics, hey! Yeah, so it's, it's a really interesting book. Um, and I just wanted to read an excerpt um, from this book, which caused me to pause and just wonder at the amazement of our Creator. So it says, this one bit that says, And so, from nothing, our universe begins. The first lively second produces gravity and the other forces that govern physics. In less than a minute, 
the universe is a million billion miles across and growing fast. In three minutes, 98% of all the matter there is or will ever be has been produced. We have a universe and it was done in about the time it takes to make a sandwich. Can you imagine that? And to make things more interesting, this author, I looked it up, he's not a Christian, but he writes as if he believes in God. Wow. And my point is that even just by reading just like 30% of the book, I'm already blown away by this creator, God who made the universe and the atoms and the smallest of things made you and me. Just by reading this book, it made me so much more excited to want to know more about God. Different people, you know, seek God in different ways. Some people like to spend time in nature and be amazed by the beauty of God's creation. Some people like me like to nerd out about math and science and how they come together, form a complete picture that points to God. Some other people enjoy singing, dancing, music, different ways of expressing themselves and, and be able to showcase that talent um, in, in a way to worship God. You know, find what works for you and what inspires you to want to know our Creator God more. But if you don't know where to start, here's a suggestion. Go to the Bible. So if we read in the book of John, if you want to know who God is and, and what his nature is like, in the book of John, Jesus tells us seven things about who he is. You know, he says he's the bread of life. You know, we, we always hunger for physical food, but Jesus says he is the bread of life. He is our spiritual sustainer. He provides and fulfills our needs. He also says that he is the light of the world. You know, when we feel like we're in a dark, depressing, hopeless place and we have no way out, Jesus says he is the guide that will lead and light the path for us. He also says that he is the door of the sheep, our protector who guards us and keeps us from things that we shouldn't allow into our lives. He also says that he is our resurrection and the life. You know, he redeems us and forgives us of our sins. He says that he is a good shepherd and like any shepherd, he will protect, he will direct, he will lead us to green pastures. And he also says that he is the way, the truth, and the life, source of our truth and our life. And he also says that he is the true vine. You know, if we remain in God's presence, when we remain in him, we will begin to see God's fruits in our lives. So, you know, God's already telling us so much of himself just by reading the Bible. So if we come back to the story of uh, Daniel and, and King Nebs, you know, Daniel <laughs> obviously knew God. Um, in Daniel chapter 2, verse 20 to 22, this is what Daniel is saying. Um, he says, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his, and he changes the times and the seasons, 
He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. So Daniel knew God. Even the king who was pagan knew God. If we see it in Daniel chapter 4, verse 2 to 3, this is the king who said this. He said, It is my pleasure... Daniel chapter 4, verse 2 to 3. Maybe different translation or... Never mind. But, uh, <laughs> or maybe I gave you a different verse. But might be me. I'm sorry. Uh, but what um, King Nebs said is, It is my pleasure to tell you about the miraculous signs and wonders that the Most High God has performed for me. And he was not a believer. And he could say that. And he says, how great are his signs, how mighty his wonders. His kingdom is an eternal kingdom. His dominion endures from generation to generation. So do we know God? And in order for us to hear God and see God move in our lives, we first need to know this creator God. Which brings me to my second point. Who am I? See, I told you my points are very simple today. Even my title is very simple. Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? Wow. <laughs> and um, this uh, second point, who am I? I intentionally left the I as a, uh, uncapitalized because I, I'm referring to you and me. You know, the first who am I is about God. Yeah. The second one is about you and me. Who are we? You know, when someone asks you the question, who are you? Can you tell me about yourself? What would you say? I will say that, you know, I'm Malaysian. I've been living in London for the past couple of years. I'm married to Gareth, this really nice gentleman over here. <laughs> um, I, I work as a product manager in a tech company. Um, I could go on and on, right, just telling you um, about myself. And our identity is, is often built around things that we have, like you know, physical attributes. I have short hair, I, I need glasses, um, my ethnic background, I'm Malaysian Chinese, uh, or things that we do. You know, I, I work, um, some people are studying, uh, some people have different hobbies and interests. It's all um, physical, outward things, yeah. right? So while having these unique characteristics, gives us an identity on the outside. Do we really know who we are on the inside? So we say that we want to hear God and want to see God. So first, we need to know God. And the second thing that we need to know is what God says about us, who God says we are. So what does God say about us? What does he think about us? There's so many things. Again, if we go back to the Bible, God says that we are loved. Just as He created, you know, the universe, the stars, and things like gravity, He created you and I lovingly and with a purpose. In Psalms 139, verse 1 to 4, it says, O Lord, You have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thoughts afar off. 
You comprehend my path and my lying down, and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it all together. And in verse 13 and 14, it also says, For you formed my inward parts, you covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. You know, if you read the rest, it goes on to say that, you know, God knows everything about us. Like it says here, He knows our every thought, and He has thought about us when He created us. Um, He knows even our desires and our anxieties. And there's a bit in verse 17 and 18 that says that God thinks of us constantly. I mean, I don't even think constantly about Gareth. I'm sorry. That's true. Uh, But God thinks of us constantly. And and I think in verse 18, it says that um, if you can even count how often God thinks of us, it's almost as... um, uh, is, yeah, yeah, it's as much as uh, the amount of sand there is. You know, you can't even count how often God thinks of us. So it's just a reminder, you know, when we wonder, what does God think of me? God thinks of you and He thinks only of love. God also says that we are forgiven and redeemed. In Ephesians 1, verse 7 to 8, It says, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace, which He made to abound toward us all in all wisdom and prudence. We have forgiveness of sins through what Jesus has done on the cross for us. Um, there is another verse that I wanted to share, but I didn't ask XTV to put this up. Um, it's from 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, verse 17. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. So how does God look at us? You know, when God looks at us, He doesn't look at us as if he was a boss of a company and you're at a job interview and he's trying to evaluate if you are worthy enough to enter his kingdom. He doesn't look at us like that. He looks at us without sin. He says the old has gone, the new is here. He says we are forgiven and we are not defined by our past mistakes. How many of you are glad that God doesn't look at our resumes or what we've done or not done in the past? We're not defined by who we are in the past. God also says that we are never alone. In Deuteronomy 31, verse 6, and it's repeated a few times actually in Deuteronomy, it says, So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Sometimes we're really afraid um, and we don't know where to go or or what to do. But this verse is such an encouragement. It says, even though this is in the Old Testament and it happened many, many years ago, but it's still relevant to us today. It says that He will go personally. 
He's not sending someone else on his behalf. He's going to go before you. And he will never fail you nor abandon you. Such is our loving God. And there are so many other things that God says about us. And our identity is not just our physical attributes, our talents or our mistakes. Our true identity comes from Christ. When we feel like we are far away, we can't hear God, we can't see Him, I just want to encourage you and encourage myself as well to go to God, seek Him, and speak to our spirits and remind ourselves what God says about us, that we are loved, that we are forgiven and redeemed, that we are never alone. I just want to um, invite maybe the worship team um, to come up. I just wanted to share this very last bit, um, a bit of my story in the past couple of months, what's been going on, um, and then, uh, yeah, we can pray. So in the past uh, two months at work, um, it has been really, really intense uh, for me. I constantly have like four or five different projects going on, and uh, colleagues ask, you know, like casually, oh, how are you doing? What's going on? And then I tell them that I feel like I'm in a real-life game of uh, Overcooked. Those of you who play the game, you may be familiar. Um, it feels like there are a million things demanding for my attention. You know, I need to, uh, if you can see, yeah. I need to, like, uh, you know, uh, 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 fix the fire that's burning. I need to do all these tickets that are up there. I need to chop the vegetables. I need to cook. I need to take the thing out of the, the, the frying pan. It's just, like, a million different things that I'm trying to juggle at the same time. So I really, really, really felt like I was in this game. And I'm very, very bad at this game, by the way. Um, so it's not great. <laughs> yeah. So I was uh, really comparing myself. Um, against my, my peers and my, my colleagues, um, who seemed like they have everything organized and planned really well. It seemed like everything was going on well for them. Um, you know, they're going home, home on time. They always seem like, you know, they have a smile on their face and they have a spring in their step. Meanwhile, I'm struggling to like finish things that I have to do. I'm going home and like staying up late just to try and catch up. I'm dealing with projects that uh, the scope changed again and again and again, which means that your timelines, your initial timelines have been pushed back a couple of times. Um, there was some miscommunication with my stakeholders, my CEO, um, and which all of these things uh, mixed up together means that you know, the team gets increasingly frustrated because things are changing. There's nothing that is certain. Um, there's delays, uh, things getting pushed back. So it's quite frustrating for everyone. So it's feeling very angry and very tired and frustrated. Um, and one day I was just complaining to God. It's just you, you know, like sometimes when when you're unhappy with things, when you're a kid, you just like complain. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So it's complaining to God. Where are you, God? You know, I feel like I've been doing this thing on my own. I feel like I'm failing at my job. Um, I thought you are supposed to be able to help me overcome my challenges, but. I don't see you, I don't hear you, I don't know where you are in my life. I was really, really angry. <laughs> uh, and God being a good and gracious God that He is, He answered me in such a gentle way like a father would. He said, Remember I sent you Gareth? 
so you have someone to talk through and process your emotions and your actions and think about uh, what has happened in, in the past couple of weeks. And what about that time that I sent you your manager who gave you an idea that you know, sparked this, this conversation and then now you're thinking about how to work on this project? And what about that team member who told you that Karen, it's okay, whatever happens, we are all in, we're going to make it work and we're going to deliver this, uh, whatever it takes. You know, I was expecting God to make this big, grand gesture, make the problem go away or, um, you know, resolve it by itself, disappear, that I don't have to worry about. But actually, the problem was still there. I still had to go through these challenging situations. I had to have these tense, uh, intense meetings with my stakeholders. I have to manage um, the expectations of the people on my team and, and make sure that everybody understood, everybody was okay, that yes, we need to do this. I have to explain different things to different people. I still had to go through the motions. The problems and the challenges did not go away. It was still there. But God was reminding me that I'm not alone in this. You know, He has been with me and will always be with me throughout all the seasons. But I just had to look at the right places. You know, I've been looking at the wrong thing for such a long time that I missed what God was trying to tell me. Until I complained and then God had to shift my focus and say, hey, I've been showing you these things. Don't you think that's me? Why are you looking at this? This is not me. So I felt his peace and tenderness just wash over me and I couldn't help but just like cry because I've been blinded by looking at the problem and trying to fix it myself and I haven't been looking at what God has already provided for me. We will always have trials and challenges in our lives. And sometimes God does make the problem go away. He changes something or He replaces someone or whatever it is, sometimes God does do these grand, you know, big uh, miracles. But more often than not, we do have to go through life and go through these challenges. And when we're in the midst of these challenges and we ask, where are you, God? Maybe we just need to look in the right place. You know, sometimes, like me, we don't see God because we're not looking. Like, I was too busy trying to be busy. I was too busy focused on the problem, focused on my frustration, that I wasn't even looking at God. Maybe sometimes we are too busy looking in all the wrong places. Like I was beating myself up for mistakes that I made. I was comparing myself against my peers and, and trying to evaluate my self-worth based on you know, how all other product managers should be. But that's not what God wants us to look for. You know, to see God in our lives. Let's look earnestly for the one who will remind us of who He is and who we are to Him 
and what His promises are for us. If we don't look like me, if, I, if we don't look, you know, we're just focused on trying to solve and fix the problem ourselves, we will never see God's promises, even if it was staring at you right in the face. So let's look. Let's look for God. I just want to pray over us before we close. Why don't we fix our eyes on the one? Not on other things, but on the one. The one who is lover of our souls, who knows us inside out. You know, who holds the universe and everything in this world in such perfect balance. But He loves us and He knows us. He knows every single thought that you have, every single anxiety or desire that you have. And we don't have to look for validation or acceptance from anyone else but God. God says that we are loved and we are accepted as His children and there is no more condemnation. God, we thank You that there is no condemnation. You don't look at our past mistakes. You don't look at the things that we've done or the things that we've said all the things that we've not done or the things that we've not said. God, we thank you that you only look at us with love and you are the lover of our souls more than anyone else can love us. God, you love us so much. God, we thank you that you love us. And God, we thank you that you find joy and delight in us. Even on days that we don't like ourselves, we don't like how we look, we don't like how we look on the outside, we don't like how we look on the inside, we feel rubbish, we feel rotten. But God says that your word says that you find joy and delight in us. God, help us to look to you. You're our provider who directs our paths and, and reveals your plans and purposes for us. God, sometimes we may be looking for big, grand answers to our problems. God, God, help us to surrender those problems and situations to you. And not just look for the answer to the problem, but look towards you. Maybe sometimes the, the solution is already there. Or oh God, you're already answering in a different way. But God, you're asking us to look again. Look at where I'm pointing you to. God, I pray that we will look where you ask us to look. Not around us. Not at the problem. Because continuing to look at the problem will not bring about a solution. We'll only bring about a solution if we continue to look to God. God, help us to look towards You, the One who satisfies us, the One who breaks our chains, the One who fulfills us more than anything or anyone else can. 
Lord, help us to remember what you say about us, what your promises are towards us. There are some days that we don't feel like it, feel like we can't hear God, we don't know where God is. But God, would you remind us through your word of what you say about us, that you love us and that you have redeemed us and forgiven us. and that we are never alone. Lord, I just want to thank you once again for who you are. This almighty creator God who created the heavens and the earth that you love us. God, thank you for who you are. God, help us to surrender our needs, our desires at your feet and wait on you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.axchurch.uk. God bless.